Welcome to Impact Oversell. Here is your host, Shuffcut, aka Shuff. Welcome, welcome, Impact Wrestling fans. This is episode three of Impact Oversell. Thank you so much for downloading and tuning in. Special hello to those of you listening on the Impact Oversell YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Impact Oversell. Thank you so much. Please do give the channel a subscribe. It will be greatly appreciated. We're also available as a podcast on Spotify, TuneIn, Deezer, Stitcher, Pocket Cast. And as soon as the show is approved on Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts, we will be there as well. Please do follow the show at Impact Oversell on Facebook and Twitter. That's how you can also get in contact with me, as well as emailing feedback at impactoversell.com. I don't want to turn into the Good Brothers, plugging things like they do every week on their entrance. Good Brothers auditioning for QVC, which is a shopping channel here in the UK. I do find it hilarious. Good Brothers are strolling down. Oh, they're part of hold up. We've got this match coming up. Let's plug all our merchandise, though. Kind of funny. Kind of cool. It is what it is. Right. Let's get into the review of the Go Home Show for Bound for Glory, which is this Saturday. This Saturday. Yes, I'm excited. So the show starts off where we've got Heath, Cousin Jake, Hernandez, Alicia and Rhino in a five-way match where whoever is pinned first or submitted first will enter the Call Your Shot gauntlet in the number one position. Um, really funny start to this matchup where nobody was taking Alicia seriously. Swap out Alicia for Jordan Grace, I think it'd be a whole different story. So Hernandez basically in the end seated Alicia on the top turn buckle, patted her on the head like she's a small child. Alicia at one point did dive to the outside. So yeah, this whole dynamic with Alicia sort of reminded me of the old, uh, the earlier days of Impact when there wasn't actually any actually physical altercations um, like there are now in Impact Wrestling between the male and female wrestlers like Eric Young and ODD. Um, and then we go to the complete opposite where we've got Tessa Blanchard going against Brian Cage where some people, at least in that, have stretched too far. It's a bit too unbelievable. And in this sort of matchup, they, they're emphasising that Alicia isn't backing down but no one else in the ring is taking it seriously so Hernandez is seated on top turnbuckle. At one point, Alicia slapped Hernandez um, and then Rhino ended up inadvertently goring Alicia instead of Hernandez. This allowed for a roll-up schoolboy pin by Hernandez onto Rhino. So Rhino is entering the gauntlet at number one this Saturday. He's got a lot of work to do. And as we're reminded, if Rhino or Heath don't win the gauntlet, not only, the, not only does Heath not get his contract, Rhino is out of Impact Wrestling as well. Hmm, it's going to be very intriguing to see how that match works out. And we still don't know all the participants in the gauntlet match, so will there be a few surprise entries? Will Shark Boy make an appearance? Come on, Shark Boy. Hashtag Sharkboy for Impact. So yeah, just a quick uh, roundabout five minute matchup uh, to kick off the show. Um, we got a run through of the card. Um, interesting stat as well, when they're talking about the Bound for Gory match. It said Rich Swan. I think he said it's his first match in 10 months. Or he's only had one match in the last 10 months. Wow, how time flies. We then head into a bit of a theme with the show with the first video package of the night. So it's Moose and Ishii 3 recapping everything they've done. Um, Jimmy Jacobs would then interviewed Moose, who clearly wasn't in the mood for being interviewed. Um, I love how Moose was behaving in this uh, segment. And then Jimmy Jacobs gets kidnapped. These must be the guys that kidnapped Samoa Joe those y- years and years ago. They made a comeback with EC3 branding. We cut to Johnny Bravo simply losing it in the back because nothing is ready for his uh, wedding rehearsal. He hasn't even got an altar. And we find out that Caleb with a K is a photographer. It might be a bit of a problem with all the photos being taken of Tineo Dashwood, maybe not the bride and groom. Bride? Rosemary as a bride. Still sounds funny to me. That wedding will take place obviously after Bound for Glory. Actually looking forward to seeing how all of it turns out. And Taya apologised for Johnny Bravo's behaviour. 
wow, character development. Moving on, Diana Perazzo, a great video package here um, that I loved, stating that Impact Wrestling was and is the place to be if you want to be taken seriously as a professional wrestler and a woman athlete. Um, really neat little package, and she, and she highlighted the history of Bound for Glory, that you crumble under the pressure of rise above it. That she's got class, sophistication, elegance, and she can rise to the pressure at an event such as Bound for Glory. And Kylie Ray can't do that. Kylie has no strategy, no faith, no hope, no emotion, makes rash decisions. Look at how she's become unhinged. Even called the impact of the knockout championship the most prestigious title in the company. Really enjoyed that video package, emphasizing on the history and how much this match clearly means to Diana Perazzo. Next up, we have Havoc versus Rosemary. And um, Havoc attempted a pinfall quite early on. And wasn't happy she didn't get a three count. Like, whoa, calm down a bit there, Havoc. It's just, you know, the match is pretty much just getting started. Um, but then again, with the knockouts matches and some of the other matches, there is just generally quite a lot of screaming going on anyway. I don't know if that's because of the lack of crowd that we're noticing anymore. Um, it just sort of is what it is. In the end, Rosemary hit a spear twice to get the win. So another quick match in a longer than five minutes. So we're then back to another video package, this setting up the tag team title match uh, for Bound for Glory. Now I think these video packages probably will be replayed again at Bound for Glory before the actual matches take place. This was then followed by another video package by Kylie Ray. She's saying she's going to inspire the little girl who wants to be a wrestler and when to see her win at Bound for Glory, they decide that's what they want to do. She's apologised, said sometimes anger gets the better of her, she takes full responsibility and they never intentionally wants to hurt somebody. And Diana made it personal when she broke Susie's arm. And Diana might feel like it's revenge when she takes the knockout's title from her at Bound for Glory, but it's not. Hmm, interesting. So, that's just business for Kylie? Even though she's made it personal? Maybe I'm reading too much into it, but this rivalry is nicely building up. We then get a kidnapping update. Jimmy Jacobs is taken to a shipping and receiving office. So Jimmy Jacobs is kidnapped so he can interview EC3. Great um, segment here with EC3. Actually explaining what his narrative is, is about control, freedom, purpose, but his narrative's changed just a little bit, with Moose who's been waiting to fight, and EC3 looking like he's taking a proper beating with his black eye as well. The long and short of it is that he's finally saw the Moose that he needs to be, that he can be, not the false idol that he is. I love how this was just given the time to emphasise what EC3 was stating. He ends the segment basically congratulating Moose that he's becoming on who he's supposed to be, but he has been warned. Up next, Sammy Callahan against Eddie Edwards. <laughs> I kind of find it funny, funny amusing when it's highlighted that how sadistic Sally Callah Sammy Callahan was for putting the phone footage online uh, of him and Ken Shamrock beating Eddie Edwards. It was broadcast on worldwide TV anyway, but hell. There was a blue thunderbomb from Eddie Edwards during the match, which Sammy Callahan kicked out of, or he also kicked out the Tiger Driver. And we now know Sammy Callahan has an iPhone. His phone was there without a case. And fitting in with the Sammy Callahan character, Eddie Edwards went for a Boston knee party. Sammy Callahan basically tells him to put the brakes on, taps his phone screen, the lights flicker, ICU graphic, Ken Shamrock is on the apron. That's enough to distract Eddie Edwards for Ken Shamrock to get a schoolboy in a roll-up pin. Now, I love the fact that immediately afterwards, Eddie Edwards didn't care. He's like, no, it's not going down like that. He goes straight back onto, straight back onto Sammy Callahan and starts beating him, which I loved. Uh, but then obviously it was too much with the numbers game, 2 on 1, in a match that was just under 10 minutes. Sammy Callahan clearly has a smart light app on his phone or something. Intriguing to know which one it would be. 
Uh, we then get a video package of the X Division Championship match at Bound for Glory, the six way. And next up, we get the matchup where it's Chris Bay, Rohit Raju, and Jordan Grace taking on TJ Perkins, Trey Miguel, and Willie Mack. Now, Rohit Raju, it sort of hit me during this matchup. He's reminding me of how Jeff Jarrett used to be in the early days of the company, where he was a cowardly heel and he just like run out of the ring and not get involved with his opponents. Again, Jordan Grace, who I said before, puts the knockout into the knockouts division. If you put her in the opening match, as I said, instead of Alicia, there'll be no fooling around from Hernandez. Jordan Grace will be in there just to kick butt and get on with it, and she wouldn't be treated in the way Alicia was. Loved it when Jordan Grace hit Willie Mack with a spine buster. A bit of confusion from Rohit, who was a legal man at some points in the match. Chris Boyer was a legal man when Rohit Raju attempted to get the pin for. In the end, Rohit Raju tagged himself in the match and he wanted to get the pin on Trey. Chris Boyer at this point had enough of Rohit Raju catches Rohit with a cutter. This gives enough time for Trey to land a kick square to the face of Chris Bay and then cover the exhibition champion Rohit Raju for the win and his team. We then get a video package for the main event at Bound for Glory, immediately to sit down for an interview with Gia Miller. Now I love this thing about Eric Young, he's this world class maniac but the way he came across in this interview you can believe what he's saying. Like with EC3 in the segment earlier with Jimmy Jacobs, you believe what Eric Young is saying and you can believe that in his mindset, that he's justified in what he's doing with his actions, that none of this is his fault. He said he was going to become world champion anyway and Rich and Scott have learned the hard way not to get involved in his business. The interview doesn't get very far when Rich Swan comes out of nowhere and Eric Young and Rich Swan start brawling outside of Skyway Studios and we get a similar, similar ending to when the Good Brothers were brawling with Madman Fulton and Ace Austin. Eric Young's back goes into the camera and the camera feed cuts out. I'm guessing all the feeds cut out because there were clearly two cameras filming this segment. They didn't cut to the other camera. I know, overthinking it. So yeah, that was the final build-up for their matchup. We then get a, um, a video package for the tag team title match, the four-way match at Bound for Glory, ahead of the main event, the North versus the Good Brothers. The referee realised he wasn't going to regain control of the matchup and it was ruled a no contest. Um, it was quite a back and forth matchup, I did like it when they sort of continued the Gallows and Luke Gallows and Madman Fulton match from last week. And Gallows basically closed mine Fulton all the way outside of the ring. But the main part was post matchup, I would say. They're all brawling. The Good Brothers are stating to the Modus in the Machine Guns that they're square to help them out after Madman Fulton and Ace Austin came down. Luke Gallows dupes Alex Shelley into shaking his hand gets hit with a gun stun, then Chris Sabin gets hit with a magic killer from Dark Gallows and the teams are all bickering and arguing with each other ahead of Bound for Glory. I found it intriguing that the tag team title matchup sort of got the main event treatment not the interview segment with Eric Young and Rich Swan. although I guess they didn't want to end the episode exactly the same with a camera cut out like they did with Madman Fulton and Ace Austin Paul against the Good Brothers. So that was Go Home Show, I'm very happy on video packages heading to Bound for Glory. I, I did expect a bit more from Rich Swan and Eric Young, but sort of what I see personally Rich Swan and Eric Young, one on one in the ring, just both with microphones and with a stipulation where they can't touch each other until Bam Glory or the match is thrown out or something like that. But then again, maybe Eric would be enough to break that rule. A more interaction between the two and the mic would have been cool, but then again, they did have the video packages where you had Rich Swan and Eric Young getting their points of view across as well, and you had Eric Young in the interview. That was the final hype for Bam for Glory. Bam for Glory is this Saturday. This episode gets a thumbs up from me. Again, your feedback on the show is welcome. Your feedback on your thoughts on Impact Wrestling is welcome. At Impact Oversell on Twitter and Facebook. Email feedback at impactoversell.com. Love to know your thoughts. If you're on YouTube, please do subscribe to the channel. Thank you so much for tuning in, Impact Wrestling fans. And have a groovy day.